Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
Oh boy. Bullying. We're going to talk bullying today. It is going to be offensive. I can't do anything about that. It's not my job to be kind. It's my job to tell you the truth. Joe Biden's CIA pick. Uh oh. <laughs> this is already going bad. AOC, why she's 100% correct about something. It's going to be it's going to be an awesome show. But first and foremost, I may just go with the whole show with it. No, I won't, but what's the greatest endurance story you've ever heard? The greatest survival story you've ever heard. Will to live story. I've asked people that before. Whenever I, I, fa- I find these things fascinating. I find the limits of human endurance to be fascinating. Mental strength fascinating. I don't know why. Maybe that's a dude thing. Maybe it's a, I don't know. I find it to be fascinating. I want to know what people can suffer through and come out the other end. What they can overcome and come out the other end. And I like to, I like to read and listen to those stories because I feel like it gets me ready for whatever the next valley in life is going to be. Because, you know, that's all life, peaks and valleys. It's going great. It's going to go great forever. Oh, crap. It went terrible. It's going to go terrible forever. Oh, wait, that wasn't true either. It's just, you know, the season for everything. Well, I know what I think the greatest story of survival is. And it's time to have a little chat about that now. Let us discuss a man and his crew stuck in Antarctica for a long, long time. The man's name was Ernest Shackleton. His father was a doctor, wanted young Ernest to be a doctor. You know, family made a nice living, not wealthy, but made a nice living. Dad's a doctor. Uh, Young Ernest, he seems to be a capable lad. He should be a doctor, but... Sometimes a man just has to acknowledge what he is and what he's not. And I will tell you, as somebody who has had a very similar conversation with his father multiple times in this life, it's worth it to have it. It's worth it to acknowledge what you are. It's worth it to acknowledge what you're not and simply embrace it. Some men are built to be doctors and go to college. And wow, you've got the sniffles. And let me perform this surgery on you. And there are people like, and you know what? Thank God for those men. But some men simply are made to do other things. Ernest found himself constantly looking at the ocean, the danger of it, and saying to himself, I need to be out there. I need to go explore. I I need to experience adventure and danger. And I will will tell you parents, especially young parents out there, especially young women, young mothers out there, if your boy is doing semi-dangerous things, hurting himself, and you can't wrap your mind around it, understand this. That's how God made boys. That's how they're made. That's so men can grow up and do dangerous things to advance the society. It is a good thing, not a bad thing, within reason, obviously. 
good friend of mine, his son is always hurting himself, throwing himself into these horribly dangerous situations. And I'm thinking all the time, yeah, that's how he's made. Ernest Shackleton, at the age of 16, finds himself out on the ocean. Could have been a comfortable doctor's son. 16 years old, he's out on the ocean. And this is, we're talking late 1800s, early 16, early, early 1900s thing. And this, we're getting into the age where men were still exploring the earth. And I realize they are still exploring the earth, but this was really the age of man had better ships than he'd ever had before. He wanted to start finding out exactly what was here. And man wanted to start getting to points on the earth that no other man had gone before. This is the age of Antarctic exploration. In the year 1901, after already living a life of adventure, oceans, exploration, danger, Ernest Shackleton decides he's going to try to make it to the South Pole. That is the big goal at this point. And you should understand, Shackleton wasn't alone. This was the era where these guys would arise in various nations as, you know, this is that nation's explorer guy. And it was a point of national pride, which would be kind of cool if you think about it. It was a point of national pride. Our guy's going to try to make the South Pole. Oh, we have to get there before this country's guy or get there before that country's guy, right? I mean, wouldn't that be cool? It's, it's basically the Olympics. And because it's so life or death, I mean, guys routinely died on these. You wanted your guy to, one, make it, and two, make it alive. Make it back alive. 1901, Shackleton tries to make it to the South Pole. Does not make it, but makes it further than any man had ever made it before. Boom. Record. Already starting to get a national name for himself. 1908. Decides he's going to try again. Tries again. Fails again, but again makes it even further, and now he's a national hero. He's knighted, which obviously you know is a big deal over in the UK. This dude is a national hero, and he's competing with other Antarctic explorers. And then, 1911, gut punch time. A Norwegian explorer makes it to the South Pole. Shackleton's adult dream of being the first man to do it is shattered. So Shackleton just went and drank himself to death. Eh, no, he didn't. Shackleton just said, oh, okay. Well, I'll do one better. He can be the first guy to make the South Pole. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be the first guy to traverse the entire continent of Antarctica via the South Pole. I'm going to land on one side of this daggone frozen hellscape, and I'm going to emerge on the other side of this frozen hellscape. Now, see, Chris is already over there raising his hands, and I'll be honest with you. I'm raising mine, too. I, I think about this, and maybe it's because I'm getting older. I think about this, and I think, Oh, gosh, that sounds awful. And I love adventure. You know, I'm always the one trying some stupid adventure thing, failing half the time. Always. That just, Antarctica sounds awful. Being cold hurts. That's the difference between being cold and being hot. And I've been in the most extreme temperatures of both. 
Hot is obviously horrible. I'm not saying it's wonderful, but being cold hurts. Your bones hurt. Your ears hurt. Somebody in our story is going to have his toes cut off today. It just, yeah, it just hurts. To throw yourself into Antarctica on purpose is wild to me. But that's the goal. Now, here's the thing about these expeditions back then. We never get into the stupid little details of, well, how are you going to pay for it? You know, the money doesn't just fall from the sky. Who's going to pay for this? That's a lot of men that have to have some money, even though they didn't make a lot. That's a ton of food, supplies. You need a ship or ships. You have to scrounge up the money to pay for it. And it's such a dangerous trip. And the really sexy part was gone. The South Pole had already been reached. Oh, yeah, it would be more impressive to traverse the whole continent. But people love sexy, right? Nobody cares about the second mission to the moon. Nobody does. All right, we're going to talk about this disaster that's about to come. And I don't just mean Joe Biden's CIA pick. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter. Facebook, on Instagram, and also you can find me on Locals now. I uploaded a video to Locals this morning, the first video I've ever done. I believe it's still uploading on there. It's only a minute or two, little intro. You get to see my face, though, which, wow, what a privilege that is. What, Chris? What a privilege that is. But I will be posting most of my social media content on Locals now. I'll put show links and stuff like that up there. Random comments about news of the day. It's finally something. My buddy Dave Rubin started it. It's finally something where I can't be censored ever. I can make inappropriate jokes. And you know I will. And you know I will. So we will get to that. We'll get to this Joe Biden stuff. Why AOC's right about something. But we're going through... One of the great journeys of all time. 
Ernest Shackleton, 1914, has a hard time raising the money for this expedition to go traverse Antarctica. And his plan is this. So so you have some frame of reference for the plan. He's going to put into Antarctica somewhere off the coast of South America, off the southern tip of South America. He's going to traverse 1,800 miles across Antarctica and come out on basically the New New Zealand side. That's, That's the plan. And if you're going to get the funding for these trips, I mean, look, a guy like Shackleton is in it for the adventure, for the explorer part of it, for the for the recognition that comes with it. But nobody wants to fund Ernest Shackleton's recognition campaign. So it, all these trips are scientific campaigns as well. They bring photographers along, and there's a photographer along on Shackleton's clip or trip. We'll get a, we'll get to that in a minute. Scientists along doing experiments. Remember, these are these are uncharted territories back then. They don't know what's down there. They don't know what kind of environment it really is. I mean, this is the moon to them. So you have to. You have to try to sell that to a university here, a foundation here to raise the money. But they raise the money, and they take off on this ship, and the ship is called the Endurance, which turns out to be the most appropriate name in the history of mankind for a ship. These men have different different ways about them. And I will tell you, man in general back then had a different and I would say better sense of duty about them than men today. What do I mean by that? Well, let me put it this way. This is 1914. I don't know if you're aware there was also another fairly big event that kicked off in 1914 called World War One. Well, after Shackleton, picture this, Shackleton gets finally raises all the money gets the crew together, gets the ship, gets the supplies. This is a grind, remember? It takes it takes years to set up this journey. Takes off, and he starts reading in the newspaper about how the war drums are beating in Europe, and we might be going to Europe soon. What does Shackleton do? Well, screw them. I'm, I'm off on my trip. Nope. Shackleton immediately, boop, stops, lets the admiralty know in Britain, okay, uh, let me know. My ship and my whole crew were all yours. We'll stop everything right now if you need us to get involved in the war for our country. How about that sense of duty? How about that sense of duty? Churchill and the rest of them said, no, 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 no. You're a national hero. You go. You go. We'll handle things here. And he sent off. But who checks in? Like, they didn't have to do that. Who checks in like that? He does. Takes off, though. Takes off towards Antarctica. They stop at a place. Now, we're, we're off the southern tip of South America now. And pay attention because there are a couple locations you're going to need to remember. They stop at a place called South Georgia Island. They spend a month there. This is a month with whalers. There are guys down there. Remember, whaling was huge, gigantic money back in the day. And I mean gigantic money back in the day. I'm not saying the whalers themselves were rich, but it was just a huge industry. But South Georgia Island, you can go ahead if you're if you're close to a computer or your phone and can do so safely. Now would be a great time to pull up some image searches of South Georgia Island. 
This is not a tropical island paradise by any stretch of the imagination. If you can't look, it's either barren by the ocean or gigantic ice mountains. And I mean big ones, frozen or nearly frozen rivers. It, it looks like, well, hell if it was cold instead of hot. The men stopped there for a month. They talk a lot to the whalers down there trying to, one, get the lay of the land, figure out about the currents, figure out about the ocean ice situation, which is a huge problem for any kind of cold exploration. The men get a lot of, a lot of stuff from the whalers, stock up on more supplies, and then they take off for Antarctica. And... It takes six weeks. They travel 1,000 miles. And this entire time, they had been warned extensively. The ocean ice is really bad in the area you're going. And this year is a really bad year for ocean ice anyway. And they are battling this ocean ice on this ship. It's a big sailing ship. You can go see a picture of the Endurance if you want. Like I said, there are pictures of it. It's a beautiful, beautiful sailing ship. But they're battling ocean ice, trying to navigate their way through treacherous waters, and it's getting bad, and it's getting worse, and it's getting worse, and it's getting worse as they approach Antarctica, where their plan is to unload the ship and then traverse Antarctica. The The point of this whole journey is to go from sea to sea. He wants to be the first man to do it. They battle their way through the ice, and as they get close to Antarctica, the ice starts to get thicker and thicker and thicker. And finally, after six weeks at sea and a 1,000 miles across the water, they find themselves one day away from Antarctica. One day away from where they're going to be, well, not safe, but finally get to put on to the actual continent and take off, and when they're one day away, the ice surrounds their boat and locks them in. They are now on a sailing boat at a place colder than you can imagine. They're still in the ocean, remember, but completely surrounded by ice and stuck, and they cannot move, and I can't stress this enough. This is the year 1914. There's not a Coast Guard you can call. There's not a phone for you to use on the ship anyway. There's not a radio. There's not FedEx. There's not a satellite phone. No helicopter. No satellite is going to look down and see you from outer space. You are now not even on the continent of Antarctica in a sailing vessel trapped on the ice in the ocean immediately what goes through your mind. And the ice doesn't break away. The ice continues to enclose around them and lock them in. Only the ice, the ice isn't attached to anything like land either. You're now floating wherever the ice wants you to float. You're stuck in a big, the best way I can describe it, you're stuck in a big ice cube floating wherever it wants you to go. You no longer have control of anything as you, fl as you float through frozen hell. 
absolute frozen hell. This is 1915 now. They've been on this journey for a long time. And what they're starting to find out is, wow, this thing is a lot scarier and more dire than we had imagined. You know what they discovered? I'll tell you what they discovered in just a second. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Nearly 90% of military hazing complaints come from the Marine Corps. This is from military.com. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you the honest truth about my history with hazing, my history of experiencing it, my history of doing it to others. And guess what? I'm not going to be the least bit sorry about it at all. I'm not going to be sorry about it at all. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I'm worried I might go a little long in the history segment today. Guess how sorry I am about that. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. But all right. It's 1915. Shackleton's on this expedition to Antarctica. Him, 28 dudes, one day from Antarctica, the ship gets trapped in the ice. Ice gets too thick around them and starts drifting the ship away. Now, that's when they find out about the worst thing in the world. Not only are they trapped in the ice, not only is the ice forcing them to go wherever the ice drifts to, the ice is getting thicker and stronger. As the ice gets thicker and stronger, it's crushing their ship. Their ship is now starting to disintegrate, explode, whatever way you want to describe it. Think how strong the wood is to build one of these old ships, to endure the battering it would take in the ocean. They would, hear, they would hear their ship crumbling, and they said it sounded like a cannon or a firework going off every time one of the planks on the ship would snap from the ice crumbling around it. And this is their 
living quarters, remember, this is everything to them at the time. They know that it's probably inevitable the ice is going to destroy their ship completely. They pack up all their stuff and stay fairly close by the ship, but move onto the ice. They're now living on a gigantic block of ice, and you can see a picture of this as well in tents and sleeping bags as their ship continues to explode and crumble and slowly get engulfed with the ocean. Four months these men live on ice as their ship explodes. And you want to know another danger? It's not just the cold and the ice and the starvation. They're hunting penguins and seals, by the way, to try to supplement their diet and stay alive. It's not just the cold. It's the warmth. What I mean by warmth is this. Oh, they're not going to die of heat stroke, but this ice they're living on, it's only ice. There's no land underneath it. And remember, they're adrift at sea. Should they drift into warmer waters, warmer weather, they're dead. The ice does begin to crack around them. They're camping on this. They have to put up a fire watch in the middle of the night. Uh, One man has to stay up and keep watch to make sure the ice doesn't crack out underneath the tents and drop a man in the ocean. Except, whoops, one night it does. Picture this worst wake-up in the history of mankind. I don't know what yours is. It probably isn't as bad as this guy's. He's asleep in the Arctic freezing cold in his tent on an ice block. Boom! It cracks underneath him and drops him in his sleeping bag in the Arctic Ocean. Shackleton, by the way, is the leader of this crew. And let's just dwell on Shackleton for a moment. There are all these quotes about Shackleton, and they all say the same thing. The dude had a lot of personal flaws. He was a drunk, a big-time drunk. He was a world-class philanderer. Uh, Like we've discussed many times, men... Don't ever strive to be like that. However, there is that quote from Lord Acton, almost all great men are bad men. It seems to be so often these men who do these amazing things are not the best human beings in the world. So we're not going to dwell on that. Just know he was a flawed man. But every man who was ever with him said the dude was just simply stupid calm. Under any single circumstance, no matter what it was, Shackleton was just never rattled, ever. Always kept the men's spirits up, always acted like, well, okay, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. It's no big deal. The guy drops in the ocean in the middle of the night. Shackleton, Johnny on the spot, wakes up, reaches in, grabs him out of the water with one arm and lifts this guy in his sleeping bag out of the water and puts him back. Saves his life. Now, this ice crack-up problem gets worse and worse after their ship, the Endurance, finally goes down. 
You see, it's not necessarily the temperature. These guys are still in freezing temperatures and living on a block of ice. But as soon as the waters get warmer underneath them, that ice starts breaking, and they know we cannot stay here. We're going to die. They did manage to take the three lifeboats off the Endurance and keep the lifeboats with them. And they decide, well, by the way, I'm not even close to done with this story. You thought this was bad? Trust me, it gets worse. They said, well, we've got, we've got to go somewhere. They know there's an island called Elephant Island. They're going to try to get to it. Elephant Island is also a nightmare on earth without a single redeemable quality to it at all. But it's land. And remember, these guys have now been stuck for something like 14 months. 14 months. They need to try to get to Elephant Island and then come up with some kind of a plan for survival. They do it. They get in these boats and they get to Elephant Island, but the problem is this. Yes, they're on land. They're still hunting seals. They're eating seaweed. That's what they're existing off of now. But remember... You only have so much of everything, and the pickings are getting slim. And this is not an island where there are shipping lanes by it. Nobody's coming to save you. You're off the ice block. You're still on a remote island with no big ship. you got three lifeboats, and what are you going to do about it? Shackleton decides, I've got to take the chance. I'm the leader of this group. I'm going to take the chance. He asks for volunteers. He gets five volunteers to come with him. And the chance was simply this. They had to travel 800 miles to get back to the South Georgia Island where they had the whaling station. 800 miles. Oh, wait, it gets worse. This 800 miles is known as, and I quote, this is a direct quote, the most stormy stretch of ocean in the world. You don't have a big ocean vessel. You have a lifeboat. Shackleton has a carpenter with him. Remember, these huge expeditions would have specialists in almost anything. Obviously, you had your scientists and stuff, but you would always have a, a, a hunting specialist, a navigation specialist, which is going to come into play here in a moment. You're going to have a carpenter. You're going to have a doctor. You're going to have all these things. He has the carpenter work on this lifeboat as hard as he possibly can to try to fortify it as best as possible from this 800-mile stretch of frozen, stormy ocean they're about to go on. They load up some supplies, and off they go. And the trip somehow gets worse from there. I will continue in a moment before we get to bullying, hazing, the CIA in China. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. 
I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email. Remember, remember, send me your love, your hate, your death threats. They're all fine. Send in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions throughout the week. You are welcome to. They do not get lost. They don't get set aside. They just, Chris checks off a box, compartmentalizes everything for me, and then hands me a big old fat stack of them on Friday. I read all of your emails. I will not respond to you. I just get way too many of them, but I will read every word. I love them. Shackleton. Six dudes. They hop in a lifeboat from Elephant Island, and they take off towards South Georgia Island. Don't be confused. They're way down by South America right now. They have 800 miles to go. They pack 15 days of provisions. And they take off through the most stormy stretch of ocean in the world. And the trip is a nightmare because it's freezing and they have a lifeboat. And this is a difficult journey in in a major boat. And what's happening is the ice keeps building up on their boat, threatening to drag their boat into the water. So they're constantly having to chisel the ice off the outside of the boat, but wait, it actually gets even worse. They're chiseling ice off the outside of the boat while freezing cold ocean water is going over the sides into the boat, which they not only have to bail out, they have to try to stave off the frostbite that's happening as they're getting soaked in the freezing water in the middle of the ocean. And this is not a situation where you can just fall overboard and be okay. If you fall out of this boat, you're going to die, period. In case you're wondering, by the way, the men back on Elephant Island are not in a great, great shape either. They take their last two lifeboats, turn them upside down, They essentially live underneath them. One guy who was a stowaway on the ship, he was mad. His buddy got hired for the expedition, and he didn't, so he he was a stowaway on the ship. He lost his toes. Frostbite in the middle of the night, they had to turn on the lanterns and chop his toes off. Yeah, how's that? Enjoy your meal. Back to Shackleton, six dudes going across the water. And they're, one, having to navigate, which is very, very difficult because of the cloud cover. They brought their star navigator with them. He essentially saved their lives. Two, it's not just the boat that's getting ice build up on it. 
It's the sails. They have, you know, sails to move through the water. They're having to bring down the sails and saw the ice off of it to put them back up. It just, it just sounds like the worst thing in the history of mankind. Finally, they get to, they can see South Georgia Island. Woohoo! We're saved, right? Nope. A hurricane comes. A hurricane comes, and supposedly it sunk another major vessel. Somehow the lifeboat therein manages to make it through the hurricane, but they can't get to the part of the island where the whaling station is, and South Georgia Island isn't a tiny little rock. There's only one little area they can put in, and now they're out of food. So they have to put onto the island. They made it 14 days, 800 miles, land in South Georgia Island. Three, Two of the men are in such bad physical shape they cannot possibly go on. And so now you're 22 miles away from the whaling station. Two of your six men are down. You have to leave a third man with them to care for them. So that leaves three of you 22 miles away, frozen, starving, away from the whaling station. And, oh, remember when I told you to do an image search of South Georgia Island before? Don't do it if you're driving. If you're in any position to do so, now's the time I want you to do it. I'm telling you to do it. Look at those ice mountains frozen rivers. It's not 22 miles of the jogging path you and your granola friend walk down every single day. 22 miles of ice mountains, and you have to do this or your entire crew is going to die. Oh, wait, there's more. You don't have climbing shoes. You don't have climbing axes, climbing ropes. You don't have any of this equipment You have 50 feet of rope for three men and a carpenter's axe. You don't even have the shoes to do this. You have to pick nails out of what you can and stick them through the soles of your boots so you can start humping through the mountains 22 miles away. I'll put it to you this way. This little expedition that I'm about to wrap up here, they go on through South Georgia Island. You know how many other people have done it traversing just South Georgia Island? One group of uh, one group of people have done it and they were a specific group of mountain climber explorers like 50 years later who went down and did it and when they were done they were asked about Shackleton's trip and they said, "I have no idea how he did it." I have no idea how he did it. These men are going up mountains, down mountains, and oh, wait, it actually somehow gets even worse. Hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, 
your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Jewish producer Chris just told me he's never heard, heard me shout through an entire history segment before. The, this story is so absurd. The more you dig into it, and I highly recommend you read a book. There's a book called Endurance on it. Shackleton himself, I believe, wrote a book called South, but I may have that wrong. But I'm look, I'm giving you the watered-down version of this. It is just, it's amazing to me what these men will do. Remember, at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. However, I am moving the bulk of my social media stuff to locals. I finally put up a little video on there today you can pay to subscribe i'm not in this for money i i, I mean uh, most of my stuff's gonna be free you can just enjoy the free stuff if you want i'll try to put up a video every day or two if you're one of the people who pays i'll put up a video or two for for the people who want to pay for it but the most of my stuff's gonna be free i'm just there because i don't want to be censored so <laughs> enjoy that all right i'm gonna wrap up shackleton and then military hazing and why aoc is right hang on Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Either way, I don't give a d- what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're god right I did. Nearly 90% of military hazing complaints come from the Marine Corps. We are about to talk about that in a very uncomfortable fashion here in just a moment. But first, allow us to finish the greatest tale of endurance I've ever seen in my life. Shackleton, two buddies. They're trying to get 22 miles across South Georgia Island to the whaling station, not just for themselves, for all the men they left back on Elephant Island who are starving, going to be dying. And there's something in the human mind that can make you carry on or kill you. 
I let me step just aside for a brief moment here. In the during my time in the Marine Corps, and believe me, that was a lot of pounds ago and a lot of years ago. But during my time in the Marine Corps, I'll never forget the feeling of physical devastation when you're, and they do this on purpose. They do this on purpose. When you go out for, let's say they're taking you out for a run or you're putting on your pack, you're going for a long hump. They don't tell you how far you're going lots of the time. And and on the runs, they practically never do. And they don't tell you the route you're going. And that, that part always drove me nuts. Just tell me, Tell me what I can expect. I want to know, is, look, are we going 10 miles today? Or are we going two miles today? And it could be any. They never, ever tell you, and it drove me nuts. And they do it on purpose, and this is why. Because when you are doing something physically grueling, mentally grueling, you're, 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 you're humping up a mountain with a bunch of gear, and you get to the top, You're telling yourself the entire time, and I have so many people right now looking at the radio nodding so they know what I'm talking about. You're telling yourself the entire time, one more step, one more step, just get to the top, one more step. I can do it. If I just get to the top and you've made it, just get to the top and you've made it, and you get to the top and either there's another mountain in front of you or they would do this a lot to us. They would take us back towards base. So you're like, oh, we're going, we're about done. And then they would hook another left or a right back into the hills. And that's when you would see lots of guys falter or fall out. Why? Was it physical? No, it was mental. It was just that your mind breaks. There's something about feeling like you're almost there and then having it snatched away from you that breaks you mentally. These guys are traversing an island they didn't have maps for across ice mountains. And sometimes they would get to the top of an ice mountain, think what they're going through right now, and they would find out this was the wrong direction. We have to go back down and cross this ice mountain instead. And they didn't even have they didn't even have equipment to go down the mountains. They would sled like toboggan down the hills. One time they came across a waterfall practically frozen. They had to disrobe and risk hypothermia. The only way down it was to rope down the waterfall. They made it though. They made it. It's a it's a famous story. The day they get to the whaling station, they get there. And they first encounter a child. And the child sees them. And obviously these guys are related and they know they're close. They see the child and they see the whaling station. The child sees them and turns sprinting away in terror. These guys have beards frozen, iced over. Their clothes now basically entirely consist of animal skins. Only the salt water and the weather and everything else had worn through the animal skins, tattered animal skins. They looked like they looked like monsters. That's what they looked like. But they had made it. And somehow they still weren't out of the woods yet. The whaling people were awesome immediately because they knew them, told them who they were. Re- remember us from a year ago? They took them in, you know, feed, water, 
sleep, everything else. But now you still have to remember, cross back through the stormiest stretch of ocean in the world to get your men who are back there and they need help. It takes them four tries. Four tries to keep having to turn back because of the ice and the weather. But finally, on the fourth attempt, the men on the island were sitting there eating. They were gnawing on seal bones and seaweed. And they finally see Shackleton, who insisted on coming along. He didn't sit back and say, go get my guys. Shackleton says, oh, I'm coming to get my man. And Ernest Shackleton... 28-man crew, every single one of them lived through this. To this day, it is known as one of the great endurance, great leadership tales in the history of mankind. In fact, I have decided, I decided it last night, when my boys get a little bit older, it's going to be too much for them right now. They're 10 and 12. Maybe your kids are ready, though. Kids mature differently. I'm going to make my sons read this book. That is beyond impressive. And I want you to understand something before we go on to all our stories and hazing and everything else. We talk a lot on this show, and we always will, about the nature of man and the terrible, terrible things man is capable of. And he is. You know, I, I've, I've told you I'm going to, I, I did it, I believe, a year ago Maybe, maybe less than that. A, a year ago on the story of the Nazi Reserve Battalion, the Reserve Police Battalion 101, a story of what they did in Poland. There's a book about it called Ordinary Men Everybody Should Read. And I've decided I'm going to try to do that story at least once a year. I'm going to repeat it because I think it's so important to understand about the evil nature of men and how they're just men. They're not demons. We're all capable of that. But I think it's important for us from time to time to remember Shackleton was just a man. This 28-person crew, 28-man crew, they weren't all superheroes. They were just men, too. We, politically, may be going through some down moments right now, and it's okay to have a moment or two. Be down. It's fine. I'm not telling you to be, oh, everything's fine. Woohoo! I've never had so much fun. Buddy. People have gone through a lot worse. Keep going. Keep going. You're just as capable as Ernest Shackleton and his 28, the 28 men of this endurance crew. You're just as capable as they are of keeping going. Whatever you're going through, whatever it may be, maybe your marriage is a disaster. Kids, maybe you're sick. Uh, we get emails a lot of people, you know, people are sick, cancer, it's just life, life's, life's hard, man. Life's hard. Full disclosure, I'm about to lose my grandpa, I think. Hope not, but I think I'm about to lose my grandpa. Life's hard, life ends. Keep going. Keep going until they put you in the ground. Remember that. These guys, these legends, just men. Just men, flesh and blood, it's like you and I. We're all capable of more. Now, hazing. 
The headline is nearly 90% of military hazing complaints come from the Marine Corps, data shows. A year after a Marine drill instructor was sentenced to 10 years behind bars for hazing Muslim recruits, throwing one in an industrial fryer, and figuring in another's death, data shows nearly 9 out of 10 hazing reports in the military still came from the Corps. You want to have a real talk? Let's have a real talk about hazing and life. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. And you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands? Asked him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. The truth is this. Hazing. Now, I'm not ever going to champion putting anybody in an industrial fryer. But let me tell you something about hazing, especially when it comes to the Marine Corps. I can't speak to the other branches, although the history of the world is every elite military unit hazing its members. I am not a fan of stupidity hazing, like putting somebody in an industrial fryer or just hurting somebody to hurt somebody. But what they consider hazing today, I call training. I'm a young recruit. My entire existence in boot camp is getting brutalized by push-ups, physical work. They make your life miserable by my drill instructors, and that's how it should be. At one point in time, they made us all get in the same bathroom stall, like 15 dudes in one bathroom stall. Try to picture this moment where they then dumped ammonia all over the floor so we couldn't breathe. Miserable? Sadistic? Probably. Does it help you prepare to calm yourself for the gas chamber and things to come? Absolutely. 
when I got to the fleet, when you get through boot camp, when you get through the school of infantry where there was also a lot more of this, and you're given instructions, simple instructions. The Marine Corps obsesses on simple instructions, and they are obsessed on failure to follow simple instructions. Failure to follow simple instructions. My boys can repeat that line to this day. To this day. That they obsess on it. They give simple instructions. They want them followed. If I'm given simple instructions, pack your gear like this, and I don't pack the gear like this, clean your weapon, and the weapon is not cleaned, um, I'm going to have a knock on my barracks door later on that night from one of my NCOs or multiple NCOs, non-commissioned officers, and he's going to enter my room and close the door. And sometime later, he's going to emerge, and I'm probably going to be laying in a pile of my own sweat and possibly own vomit. Miserable, ugly, horrible. Not the kind of thing you like to see a video of. The kind of thing that makes you make sure you clean your weapon the next time, though. Oh, you're not going to drink water? You don't like water? Not a big water guy? Uh, I told you to make sure your canteen was empty. Here, start chugging. Oh, no, I didn't say quit. Finally, they'll just bring you a big gray trash can for you to vomit in as you chug your water. Horrible, miserable, possibly sadistic. Yep. You know what saves your life when you're out on a hump? Having water in your system. You never forget again. You never forget a second time. Had it done to me, did it to others, don't apologize for it, not even a little bit. It is not the Cub Scouts. It is not T-Ball. It is the United States Marine Corps. It is the tip of the spear. Your job to save lives is to make sure these men will follow orders, follow orders immediately, and make sure they are tough enough to endure shooting other people in the face and getting shot themselves. I am blown away by how pillow soft this society has become when it comes to things like the military. They're passing new standards now so the girls can have longer nails and I can get my hair done and... and, You've got to be joking. You've got to be kidding me. You you can have your nails. You can have your girls, your, your nails and, and, and your feet and, and your hair and everything. It's called the civilian world. Go. Grow it out, ladies. The dudes, too. The stuff dudes complain about now. You can't possibly be serious with this. I joined to be a Marine. That was simply part of it. I had my foot almost broken one night, almost by accident, when I was being hazed. I could hardly walk for two days because one of my NCOs stomped on it. He didn't mean to, but he stomped on it when I was barefoot. Was asked about it by one of my commanding officers the next day. Told him I tripped. I joined to be a United States Marine. That's part of the process. I didn't join to be a Cub Scout. I joined to be taught to fight. I joined to be taught the lessons of how to grow up. That's why I was taught. That's what I was taught. Hazing, 
obviously, like I said, I'm not talking about throwing someone in an industrial fryer. Hazing is good. Hazing is right. Hazing is how you build camaraderie. It's how you build a fighting force. That's how it's done. It's done. Get your gear on. We're going out to the hills where I'm going to thrash you to the point you can hardly move from push-ups and sit-ups and running. And once you're done vomiting in the sand, you go back, clean yourself up in the barracks, and act better the next time. And you know what? You act better the next time. It's right. It's healthy. It's good for men. I can't speak for women. I've never raised one. I'm not one. It's good for men. And that's how you build a society of men who are better and more polite. I just saw some video during the break. Some woman is in a, a big box store with her elderly mother buying her mother, elderly mother groceries. Her mother's in one of these uh, one of those electric scooter things. And some dude, of course, with a cell phone camera, on camera, runs up to this woman, starts complaining at her for not wearing a mask, calling for the manager, getting in this woman's face. This is what happens when we eliminate things like hazing. This is what happens when we eliminate things like just going out back behind the gym after school and handling things with the bully. If you're a grown man and you feel comfortable approaching a woman... And scolding her like that in public, a woman you don't even know? You're a man who hasn't been hit in the mouth enough in your life. I've been hit in the mouth. I've been hit in the mouth more than once. You know what? You watch your mouth after that. It teaches you manners. It's not the end of the world. But we have a society full of this crap now. And it's infecting the military now too. And it drives me absolutely insane. And you'll have these kids. We had them, too. They were starting to come in about the time I was leaving in 04. This next generation. Because, you know, technically all this stuff's not allowed. You'll you'll jank some dude in your room, make him do push-ups and mountain climbers till he can't move. Find out the next day he called his mommy. Mommy called her congressman. Now you have an excellent Marine getting in trouble, getting demoted because the congressman calls the base commander and now there's a big hazing investigation because so-and-so had to call mommy and tell her about the push-ups he had to do. Give me a freaking break. Is this what we're doing now? Are these the men we're raising now? We need, we need men. We need men. Badly. We need them. We have to have them. Period. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. How's that truth for you? The truth is most people don't want to hear what I just said. But it's 100% true. 100% true. It's never going to change. See what Corey Mills has to say. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man. 
your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Well, this is, well, pretty much exactly the man I want to talk to at this moment because I've been going off about this. Corey Mills joins me now, obviously decorated combat veteran, U.S. Army, Newsmax Newsmax contributor, and now former DOD advisor. We'll get to that in a moment. Corey, obviously you're not a pencil pusher. We're not a pencil pusher in your time in the Army. We have a new article out about hazing in the military and obviously within limits. Don't be throwing people in an industrial fryer like this guy did. I say hazing is good. It is right. It helps camaraderie. It helps people grow. It helps people learn lessons. And I don't know why we have to deny that fact. What say you? Well, let's go ahead and first off, let's talk about that former part, if I may. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's very interesting. Like you said, you and I have never been pencil pushers. Uh, We've kicked our share of doors. We've always been willing to, uh, you know, pay that last full measure, as Abraham Lincoln used to say. Um, I spent over seven years in Iraq. I spent over two and a half years in Afghanistan. Um, I can tell you right now that I've always been willing to serve and at, at a moment's notice, whether the nation calls or not. Meanwhile, you've got an administration who runs on the idea that whether you voted for me or not, and whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, it's all about unity. Meanwhile, the minute that they came into power, they actually released out of 37 boards, they released a couple hundred people. And it just so happens, Jesse, now hold your hat. This is going to sound crazy. All of us were Republicans and conservatives. Oh, what a shocking. Shock. What a shocking. Uh, that, all that unity just drive me crazy, Corey. You know, it really made me feel like I was coming together, considering that I had over <laughs> two and a half decades of experience. Uh, look, I, I understand if you're if you're getting rid of some you know guy in some uh, post where you know your secretary of state's obviously going to change when you're president. What do they give you any justification when you're dumping Corey Mills from this? Do they give you any justification at all? There was no justifications whatsoever. And here's the funniest part: as an actual advisor, so for example, I sat on the defense business board. We're supposed to advise the secretary or the incoming secretary, whomever it is, about what is best practices so that we can remain exceptionally competitive 
within the international market. And we can also look at best practices to support our U.S. military, as well as to go ahead and support our allies who are kind of fighting a lot of these battles, whether it be the malign activities of Iran or whether it be the current expansion with China, whatever the case may be. And it's an apolitical, it's considered to be an apolitical position, meaning that your affiliation to whichever party and how you sit really is irrelevant because you're advising on business and economical practices. And so when we were released, we were just told, thank you so much uh, for your willingness to serve. Thank you for the time that you've spent. Uh, as you know, the secretary is reviewing things. Um, and then he told everyone else that if you basically don't wish to resign by February 16th, that your position will be terminated. So it's like a forced resignation, essentially. Good. All right. Corey, military hazing. And I don't know if I want to use that word. I'm not talking about pouring bleach on someone or something, but you screwed up. You didn't follow orders. Get on your face and start pushing that kind of thing. That's right. Why is this? Why is this controversial now? Are we this soft now? That's that's called being in an infantry unit. I, I, what happened to us? Well, of course, we've gotten soft. You know, we want to basically go ahead and, you know, it's not about meritocracy anymore within our own government. It's about identity politics. It's about how you look or which gender you associate with or which bathroom that you think that you deserve to be in. It's not about actually being the best at something. It's not about trying to move forward. And that's actually going to impact a lot of other things. Look, politics can play its way into a lot of places, but it should never take a place in our police force or in our military. And the fact that we're growing softer and the fact that our nation continues to be further divided, our enemies that are just sitting out there like a wolf waiting at the door is just watching us destroy and deteriorate our own military so that we can go ahead and be susceptible and be preyed upon. These are the things that are happening whenever we're seeing the you know arbitrary drawdowns in certain areas. We're seeing troop movements. We're seeing ceasing on, on, on training. Um, and again, you know, I think that it just sets the wrong precedence for all of our enemies. And I think that, if anything, it also gives a little bit of uh, an uncertainty for our allies who are going to depend on us should they actually have to fight and go into some situation that uh, requires uh, reinforcement. Can we re- can we reverse this? I- I'm-, I'm very pessimistic right now about the future, obviously. And I'm not just talking about the next four years, just the way society in general is going. But this this rot at a- in the military, this rot of being, you know, a fighting force that's out there to kill and destroy things – This has real-world consequences when you face an enemy who's capable of hitting back. That's right. That's right. And the worst part is is that we always talk about – I I like to refer back to Reagan. And as you know, um, his uh, secretary of state, longest secretary of state ever, Schultz, has just died uh, recently at the age of 100. So my condolences to his family. Uh, What an amazing guy, secretary of labor, secretary of treasury, six years of secretary of state, literally led the actual – strategy uh, for Star Wars with President Reagan, which collapsed Russia. But but getting back on a topic, you know, the whole point of what our military was there for is strength. You know, so we, we were about peace through strength. That was the old Reagan uh, speech that he gave, talked about it in 1981. And we've kind of gotten to a point now where we think that we can go ahead and pay our way out of issues. You know, you look at this recent, and I'm using the little, you know, quotation fingers right now, but uh, you look at the COVID-19 relief bill, which is over 900-something billion dollars before this 1.9 trillion fiscal irresponsibility popped up. But you look at this 900-something billion, 702 billion of that 900 COVID relief went to international donors, went to Pakistan Mm. for 25 million to look at gender research, went to 
some of it even to our own China. So think about this. We're borrowing money from China to pay them back money and then look at your interest. I mean, look, the, the, the idea is, is that they think that they can buy our safety. They can buy our diplomacy. And this was the case even under the Obama administration, as you know, with the JCPOA or what they called U.N. Security Resolution 2231, which is the brainchild of Blinken, who is now the new secretary of state. They, that was the whole idea is that they were going to release sanctions and that was going to make Iran happy and they would no longer be bad guys because now they, we've given them money. It's a complete joke. The president and the previous administration knew that. That's why we held our adversaries accountable. That's why we killed bad guys like we did with Qasem Soleimani and Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. And now we're on a world tour apology tour the same way we were with the Obama administration. Hey, I'm sorry that we held you accountable. Hey, I'm sorry to our allies that have paid their 2% of NATO as they're supposed to. Hey, I'm sorry, uh, Iran, that you're 12 times your, your nuclear enrichment period, which is a violation of JCPOA, but the other P5 plus ones don't hold you accountable. Uh, we're going to go ahead and look at rejoining. Hey, we're going to rejoin the UN uh, human rights. And this is a complete joke. Think about who sits on the UN human rights. Venezuela, China. Russia, some of the most oppressive forces and some of the most human right atrocity committing individuals that you could think of sit on the U.N. Human Rights Committee. And we're saying, yeah, maybe we should rejoin this. So 100 percent, I'm like you. I'm very pessimistic, not because I think that it's just this administration, but the direction that we've been continually running towards. You've been going toward that cliff edge, one for identity politics. Two on you know how we actually view our society, and there is there is a societal degeneracy that is going on. Basically, if one side or the other doesn't get their way, we're going to destroy the nation. If one side doesn't like something, we're going to cancel it. We can't even say illegal aliens anymore because it's offensive. So, I don't have a whole lot of optimistic right now, and I'm hoping that somewhere down the line that there's going to be a huge track change, and we're going to be able to jump back on track and be the America that I fought for and that you fought for. <sighs> Corey Mills, go watch him when he's on Newsmax. I appreciate you very much, my brother. Brother, thanks so much. I appreciate you. Ah, it's... I don't know how we turn the whole military ship around. And here's the, I mean, look, the simple truth is it comes down to this. The military is led by officers. Always has been, always will be. That's the nature of it. Our officers have all gone through America's school system and then America's college system and we like to imagine they somehow get you know to the army marine corps and that all that communist propaganda goes away it don't go away i don't know how we patch that up all right why is aoc right about something i'll tell you in a second out catch up jessekellyshow.com wake up and text text and eat Mm-mm. text and catch the bus text and miss your stop wait wait, wait 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 text and be late to work sorry i'm late text and work text and pretend to work Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. 
text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Everyone knows that simply wearing a mask dramatically reduces the spread of COVID-19. And I'm proud to say that the majority of individuals that I saw uh, out and about enjoying the festivities associated with the Super Bowl were complying. You know, we, we had tens of thousands of people all over the city, downtown, out by the stadium, Ybor City, uh, down here in Channel Side, and very, very few incidents. So I'm proud of our community, but uh, those few bad actors uh, will be identified and the Tampa Police Department will handle it. Will be identified and the Tampa Police will handle it. That was the Tampa mayor, by the way, which is funny because what, do I, what have I always been telling you about coronavirus? I mean, lots of things. So what's the main thing? None of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are worried about coronavirus? None of them are. None of them are. I mean, that's really, I mean, I'm going to do things where I'll point out hypocrisy sometimes, but I try to avoid pointing out leftist hypocrisy because it doesn't matter. They don't care. Yes, they're hypocrites, but all communists are hypocrites. They don't care. There are two different sets of rules. There's always a set of rules for the loyal Communist Party member and, and a separate set of rules for the heretic who won't just convert. So I, I, pointing out hypocrisy is a loser's game, and I won't do it. So it's not that they're hypocrites. Yeah, they're that, but it's not that. Nancy Pelosi gets busted in a salon with no mask. Gavin Newsom, don't you dare go out. Don't you dare eat, eat inside. That night, gets in his car, drives, gets caught eating inside. Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, don't you dare get your hair cut. It's too dangerous. Boom, busted, getting her hair cut. Cuomo, New York, wear a mask. What are you, a murderer? Boom, busted at a party. Some mayor here, Beaumont, Texas. Don't you dare go to the salon. Boom, busted going to the salon. Look, there are more, there are more of these than I can ever possibly list for you. Tampa mayor, Tampa mayor goes on camera. Don't worry. We're going to send the cops. The cops will address it. We've seen these people without a mask. Boom. Caught on camera. No mask. At the game. Was actually at the game, not wearing a mask, and then walks out, and the next day gets on camera and says, we will send the police. It's not that they're hypocrites, although they're that. They're not worried about coronavirus. It's really just that simple. Even look, you were we all know the famed saintly Dr. Burks, who we had to rely on for all our coronavirus, and she's gonna keep us safe. Don't gather around. Remember for Thanksgiving? Don't gather with your family. Don't you dare travel, gather with your family. Boop, busted, traveled with family, including your parents. Dr. Burks isn't worried about coronavirus. I mean, 
this this gets to be it gets to be very difficult. Chris, do me a favor. Sorry, I'm doing this. I'm doing this on the fly here. Do me a favor. Uh, find the Maxine Waters clip, not the one of her denying it was incitement, but the Maxine Waters clip that's everywhere of telling her to get in people's faces. When you see them, create a crowd, get in their faces. Chris will find it. Just take him a minute. But I saw yesterday PolitiFact, one of these fact-checking, leftist fact-checking organizations, said, no, Maxine Waters didn't say that. And Maxine Waters went on the news yesterday, and she said, no, nothing, nothing I said was incitement. Nothing a Democrat said was incitement. She said all these things, right? And not that I ask you to care about Maxine Waters. Well, go ahead and play it, Chris. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Yeah, yeah, and other things. From that cabinet, Uh in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. Mm-hmm. Went on to say, get in their faces, so on and so forth. And now they're all saying, that's not what she said. Understand this. The system, when it becomes this corrupted, and it's the same in all communist systems. And you know, we have these, commun- these, these cultural Marxists everywhere now in our system. When a system becomes this rotted out, this corrupted, they will tell you, lies to your face and they know that you know it's a lie but they're so corrupt and rotten it doesn't affect them anymore they'll tell you wear a mask while knowing they're not going to wear a mask and getting caught not wearing a mask themselves and they won't apologize they'll come out the next day and tell you again how important it is for you to wear a mask maxine waters will get caught On camera, everybody and their brother has seen the video of it. Create a crowd, get in their faces, push back on them, and then blatantly go on the media on a media tour and say, I never said that. And they'll have the system will have its own fact-checking organization saying, actually, she didn't say that when you and I have seen it with our own eyes. But when the system's so corrupt and rotten, none of that matters anymore. I've told you before, and it's 100% true, the system could decide tomorrow that the sky is green and every media organization, the entire Democratic Party, all the Hollywood, your, your, your education system, everybody would spend forever telling you the sky is green and eventually you would look around and start questioning yourself. Wait, is, is the sky actually green? That's the power of the system. Hang on. in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. 
If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook, and now I am finally, as I promised, on Locals. I will keep the vast majority of my content free, just put up posts and stuff like that, but I'm going to try to put up a video every day or every couple days, and you have to pay to subscribe to those. But that'll be cool because I can't be censored. I can say whatever I want, and there's nobody to censor me because it's my buddy who runs the thing, so it's awesome. Now, 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do not forget, I want your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse emails. Now, AOC is an interesting bird. I find her to be extremely, extremely useful in several different ways for several different things. But... She's dead right on something, and we're going to talk about that. Hang on. Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. But you know what I've been thinking about, Chris, as I was listening to your show? What are they doing in China today? You know, Chris, do you know that it takes four hours and 18 minutes to take the bullet train from Beijing to Shanghai? And it takes 21 hours to take the train from New York to Chicago. And they're both about the same distance. I can't, I'll tell you something they weren't thinking about in China this week. They weren't thinking about some knucklehead. They weren't spending the week thinking about a knucklehead who claimed 9-11 didn't happen. They weren't thinking about some guy who's a QAnon shaman. I don't know. They were probably thinking about some bad stuff with the Uyghurs and all of that. Oh, for sure. But I guarantee you, they weren't wasting their time on this nonsense. And how do we do this week after week, month after month, and think we are a serious country? We are so deeply unserious as a country right now. And we need to put this crap behind us, okay, and get focused on the future. Because right now, we are going to be falling farther and farther behind. China, isn't it? Isn't it odd how many people in this system love China? Isn't that weird? I mean, it's very weird, right? I mean, well, we've had multiple professors busted as being flat-out Chinese spies. 
We have our entertainment industry. It's an important part of a culture. You don't have to think it is, but it is. It's uh, Yeah, China calls and edits the movies we make now. Make sure there's nothing anti-Chinese in there. That's, that's something. Huh. All right. We have the Democratic Party constantly pushing the message out that China once pushed out. You remember, you remember this. China, they're very vocal about this America's an evil, racist, misogynistic place. They parrot the same lines that Democrats use. Remember during the vice presidential debate, Mike Pence versus Kamala Harris? You know that uh, they muted Mike Pence in China and only played Kamala Harris's lines? You didn't know that? It's weird, right? It's weird. It's funny how that is. It's funny how communists always seem to be working towards the same goals, isn't it? They're always working towards the same goals. And like I said, in any broken, corrupt, rotten out system, they're always going to lie. And the more corrupt and rotten, the more comfortable they are telling these lies. This is Maxine Waters. Nothing any Democrat that I know of have ever said or acted in the way the president of the United States has acted. People must realize this president was out to destroy our democracy. Hmm. But, but that's weird because I remember this. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant... In a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. And yet the system will tell you that didn't happen, and the system will tell it to you and insist, it will insist that you believe them. Nothing any Democrat that I know of have ever said or acted in the way the President of the United States has acted. 
they're always lying. They know, they know that you know they're lying, but they don't care. They don't care. And what's so difficult for people on the right right now to accept is we've entered a different era of politics. We've entered a different era of politics, and we have to adjust how we've always done things. You know why AOC does things right? Headline from foxnews.com. AOC won't apologize for tweet accusing Ted Cruz of nearly having her killed. Well, yeah. You never apologize. The left never apologizes. And you can't either. They use your good nature against you. You cannot let them. And I constantly see people on the right apologizing or explaining themselves when they screw up or people or when someone says they screwed up. Stop playing defense. Start playing offense. Always. That doesn't ha- that doesn't mean you have to become a bad person. It means you have to adjust how you conduct yourself on the field of battle. That's all that means. I actually had some guy tell me the other day, because I was complaining, as I do, about soft Christianity costing us this, this culture war. And he's complaining to me about, oh, well, you have to understand, uh, 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 as a Christian, I'm, I'm obligated to, to be nice. And so, okay, th- that is so stupid and wrong. That's like saying, uh, there's a man on the side of the road with a flat tire. I know if I pull over and help him with his flat tire, he's going to take the tire iron and bash me in the back of the head when I'm not looking. I know this for a fact, and yet I still pull over and help him change his tire. You're an idiot. Stop handing him the tire iron. There's nothing biblical about that. And stop using your, your cowardice and weakness as, as some kind of cloak. That's all it is. Stop apologizing. Stop explaining to yourself. Always. They asked Ron DeSantis why he was heavy D. They asked heavy D why he wasn't wearing a mask. He said, well, how am I supposed to drink a beer with a mask on? That is how it's done. Don't back off. Don't backtrack. Never on your heels. Double down right back in their stupid faces. It's ugly and it's... I understand it's not for everyone. And there's nothing in the world. Let me, let me just be clear about this. There's nothing in the world wrong with being a more gentle soul. Nothing in the world wrong with being a more gentle soul. There's really nothing wrong with wanting to live peacefully, wanting to be at peace with your fellow man. I mean, that's flat out. That's flat out right. You should want to live at peace with your fellow man. I do. I don't want to fight all the time. But we don't get to pick the era we live in. I'm going to answer one of your Ask Dr. Jesse questions a little early because I've been thinking about it. Hang on a second. Jesse Kelly 
on air and online at jessikellyshow.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. administration is going to let the thousands of uh, fossil fuel industry workers, whether it's pipeline workers or construction workers, who are either out of work or will soon be out of work because of a Biden EO, uh, when it is and where it is that they can go for their green job. And that is something the administration has promised. Uh, there is now a gap. So I'm just curious when that happens, when those people can count on that. Well, I'd certainly welcome you to present your data of all the thousands and thousands of people who uh, won't be getting a green job. Maybe next time you're here, you well, can well, present that. But you said that they would be getting green jobs, so I'm just asking when that happens. Uh, Richard Trumka, who is a friend, longtime friend mm -hmm. of Joe Biden, says about that day one Keystone EO, he says, I wish he, the president, had paired that more carefully with the thing that he did second by saying, here's where we are creating the jobs. So... There's partial evidence from Richard Trumka. Well, you didn't include all of his interview. Okay. Would you like to include the rest? Headline from the Daily Wire. Top union leader slams Biden's job-killing order. Cost us jobs. Needs to consider the future of the country. That's the Richard Trumka that uh, Ducey is talking about there. Quote, organized labor is crucial to the Biden coalition, but there are significant tensions among Environmentalists, the president's team addressing climate change in some parts of the labor movement. Look. I'm, as you know, a bit of a blue collar type. It's just my background. Uh, I like lunch pail guy. I don't drive by the guy paving roads, building houses and think, boy, that must suck. I drive by and think that's cool. That's a good way to earn a living. Oh, good. Good for him. That's what I think. That's how I am. I am not even anti-union guy, although in general, in principle, I hate unions. And I know a lot of union dudes, and they're good dudes. I guess you should probably separate the membership from the leadership because the leadership is constantly screwing over their dudes all the time. But how can I have much sympathy because he's right about, about this being an important part of Biden's coalition. Look, if you're out there gathering votes in large numbers for Joe Biden 
and you work in manufacturing, you work in the fossil fuel industry, man, you're just stupid. I don't, it's not my job to care about you now. Where were you then? Donald Trump wanted you at work. You wanted a Democrat in office. Congratulations. You got your Democrat. Don't, don't come crying to me. Do not come crying to me. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, listen, let's remember something. 2024 is a long ways away. You guys know I like Heavy D right now. I do. I do. But 2024 is a long ways away. I got this I got this email for Ask Dr. Jesse. Dear Oracle, since you are the Oracle, I'd like you to weigh on, in on a 2024 question. I heard your thoughts on Heavy D's prospects for 2024. I'd like to hear your opinion on Tucker Carlson. I always prefer to see someone come from outside politics. I'm old enough to have voted for Ross Perot in 1992. I thought the ideas Tucker presented in his book were innovative and he seems fairly fearless. One, I like Tucker Carlson a lot. I have been on Tucker's show multiple times. I like Tucker Carlson. I'm totally okay with Tucker Carlson getting there. Tucker Carlson seems like a man with a good pulse on where America is And he seems like a man with a very good idea on the danger America is currently facing. My only caution for all of you is this. It's the same caution I'm currently having with Heavy D. 2024 is a long way away. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Jesse, what's going to happen? Nothing. I'm not saying anything's going to happen. I don't don't have, I would tell you if I had some kind of inside baseball information on this candidate or that candidate or a scandal or something like that. But 2024 is a long ways away. Let's do a brief rewind here before I get to the bullies today. I promise you I was going to talk about bullying today before I get to bullying today and stuff like that. Remember. Barack Obama gets elected. Then this guy, this phenom, rises to power and gets elected governor of New Jersey, Republican governor of New Jersey, and his name was Chris Christie. And look, Jewish producer Chris is already laughing, and that tells you all you need to know. You forget, people forget when Chris Christie got elected in New Jersey and then went on and he was giving speeches all over the country. Chris Christie was a superstar, an absolute superstar, a legend in Republican circles, a legend. Off-topic questions. Because I don't want to. No, no, permission denied. That's an off-topic questions next. You have been stopped. Chris Christie, legend. Chris Christie, immediately, immediately, people start talking about, this is the man to challenge Obama. This is going to be our guy in the midterms. Oh, my goodness, this is our guy. He was that big. I was there in D.C. running for Congress around other Republicans and consultants, and everybody said, oh, this is the guy. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the walking candidate. And then for whatever reason, I don't have any inside knowledge on this, Christie decides, nah, I'm going to stick around, stay governor, maybe next time. What's Chris Christie now? I just brought his name up. 
My producer started laughing the second I said his name. Chris Christie's now a punchline. You go from mountaintop to Death Valley in politics like that. Like that. I'm not wishing it on anybody on our side. I'm not. I hope it happens to all of them, but I'm not wishing it on anybody on our side. But you never know. You just never know what you're getting. You don't. You simply don't. You can't know. You can't know. You don't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming. Just be careful. Well, one, never fall in love with a politician ever. Ever. Never, ever, ever do it. They're all just men. Use them for what they can give you and discard the rest. That's one. Two, be super careful falling in love with one early. You and I are always looking for a savior. Always. Who will protect us from blank? Who will save us from blank? We probably should spend a lot less time looking to politicians for that. Already. And look, it's a way we get by. I do the same thing too. Joe Biden gets elected. Democrats take the Senate. Democrats still have the House. What am I doing immediately? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, we got to get him out in uh, uh, 2024. Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be? I still talk about it all the time. But 2024 is four years away, bud. 2024 is a long way off. We got to figure out how to deal with the here and now before we immediately start looking to the next thing. All right. Headline. Chiefs under pressure to ditch the tomahawk chop celebration. That's from Breitbart.com. Paired with this headline. WAPO, that's the Washington Post, concerned that Buccaneers team name romanticizes ruthless cutthroats. So we're going through this, stop this, change this, change that. I I want everyone to be clear on something, be crystal clear on something. You know, none of these people care about team names or military statues, right? These people, they're bullies, and they found a bunch of suckers in America. We're going to talk to BK about that and more. Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.
In case you're wondering why I haven't really brought up impeachment, it's because we all know how this goes. It's a week of senators going for their you know 15 minute sound bites where at the end Trump gets acquitted and we go back to having to actually govern the nation. This is one gigantic circus. Joining me now to talk about that and other things, the host of World News with BK, former Air Force PJ. BK, how much do I have to pretend to care about this sham of an impeachment trial? It, 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 you're 100% right, Jesse. I said the exact same thing oh, on course. last week's podcast. And it's it's funny because the media, this is all they care about. Stupid Jake Tapper on CNN. This is literally all he tweets about is the dumb impeachment and the MAGA terrorists and the near coup as if those dopes at the Capitol were anywhere near seizing the reins of power. It's all nonsense. <laughs> I, I know. It, it made me laugh when people said that. Like the guy, the, the, like the QAnon shaman, Jesse, was going to seize the military. <laughs> the you know, dude that, in the that buffalo. going to happen. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but now what we're going to see, you're going to see hysterical media coverage all week long then they will fail to convict because you need two-thirds in the senate and they're not going to get that and then the media is going to write think pieces for the next month after that bemoaning the lack of morality in the republican party and we're going to be subjected to all that and then finally they'll forget about it and we'll all go back to normal but it's going to be a complete waste of time and Jesse, in a in a in a time where last I checked, we still didn't have a stimulus package. We still have hundreds of thousands of people out of work. We have businesses losing their jobs, et cetera, et cetera, and they're taking time off for this nonsense. It's a complete joke. It is. It is a complete joke, and it, I think the whole thing is intentional. Although I can't figure out why. Like I, I can't. It doesn't make sense to me. Democrats stumbled backwards into this. They, you know, did it by accident. So it has to be intentional. I just can't figure out why. I can't figure out how this is a win at all for Democrats. In what way does this make them look better? Well, I think you hit on it a little bit uh, a minute ago when you said the senators are going to be pontificating because Uh. it's like it's like it's like whenever they have whenever they call somebody up to testify in front of Congress. Right. It takes 10 minutes for them to ask a question because they really don't want an answer to any particular question. They just want to they want the cameras on them while they spew their gas for five to 10 minutes at a time. And that's what's going to happen here. Like you said, these senators are going to be like railing away because they've got like 10 minutes to shout their gibberish. And that's what they love. They love seeing this. And they're going to make their, their I trust me when I say 100 percent of them are all practicing in front of the mirror right now. Oh, you know, they are. You know, they're it's, practicing <laughs> in front of their staff. How does oh, my yeah. tie look? Do I look OK? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be it's going to be a, a crap show. BK, I've got two different headlines here. The Chiefs are under pressure to ditch the tomahawk chop, and the Buccaneers team team name romanticizes ruthless cowards. Are we ever going to get to a point in this country where military names and things like that, where people realize these people are all just bullies who've never been told no, and the second we tell somebody no, these people will disappear? But for some reason, no one knows this. I, I can't, I, I, you know what I can say? I can't, I can definitely see a time, Jesse, where we get to a point where they just like, you know, number, they, they just have every sports team by number or something. That way we'll, you know, the Kansas City twos and the Los Angeles Dodgers threes, or, or you know what I'm saying? Because it is offensive. 
And now I don't know that we're we might see a day where all that stuff changes in the military, because now we have a very woke uh, the, the, uh, the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, who is in his first act as secretary of defense. It's not talking about the war in Afghanistan or anything else. No, he's ordering a 60 day stand down across the entire U.S. military to deal with white supremacy. That's his first act as secretary of defense, Jesse. And I'm like, so I, I don't know. You're right. The, the funny thing is, you're right. Once you tell these people no, they, they don't really know what to do. And they just start sputtering, but they retreat to their corner. If you're just very firm and say, no, we're not going to do that. But thanks for your input. And, it is, but nobody seems to want to do that. And it really just baffles me why. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I, I have no idea, no idea why we have smart, rich, sharp CEOs of corporate America who actually care about what some ragtag group of hippie street activists cares about them. It blows me away. I I would wave at these dorks on the way by in my Porsche. If you have a, if you have a successful product and a good product, you know, all these boycotts that the woke and progressives call for on Twitter, none of them ever go anywhere. (laughs) If you have a good product, people are going to continue to consume your product. The best thing to do actually is not even acknowledge them. You know, that's when the companies start getting in trouble because they release these stupid statements on their Twitter account. So you've already messed up by acknowledging it in the first place. Just ignore them. That's what you do. Nobody wants to do that. But, Jesse, we have a big problem I've noticed in this country. We don't have good people running for office. The types of people who run for office on all these city councils, all these school boards, all these mayorships in these small towns, they're very far left people, and they get into politics because they want to control people's lives. Nobody ever runs for these seats saying, yeah, I want to leave you alone. They just don't. It's not in their nature. And, and we need to we need people to step up and change that. We really do. We do. PK, I have a con- one of my most controversial opinions on politics is I think all of them need a massive raise because of exactly what you just talked about. I think you get what you pay for at all times, that we have a bunch of losers up there because the sharp people are starting their own businesses and becoming millionaires. Mm-hmm. And what we have is a bunch of power-hungry dorks in city councils and Congress and elsewhere. What say, BK? Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you know, the, the social media has... You know, th- these used to be unknown names and unknown people, but uh, sadly, one of the downsides of social media is it's kind of turned them into resistance heroes. So now the, you know, a congresswoman from some obscure district in Minnesota is like, you know, a rock star on Twitter. And that's one of the bad things. And then they feel like they have to, like, you know, keep that image. So they have to do stupid resistance stuff on social media. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe the pay raise would do it. But I don't know. I can't see like good people, smart people going to Washington, D.C. and wanting to be around these lunatics like Andrea, uh, you know, uh, Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, with her near death experience and everything. I just can't see it. I mean, I'm going to push back on you on that one a little. She wouldn't be the worst one to be around is all I'm saying. (laughs) You know what? I, I hate to admit it. I do. Kind of want to uh, BK family show a bit. She, I know. I'm saying I would woo her like a gentleman. I've seen the guy she's with. First of all, highly problematic that a woman of color is with a white man in the first place. Highly problematic, Jesse. It's huge. But luckily, I think I could go to Alejandro AOC and be like, AOC, take a look at me. I've got the eight pack, the abs, <sighs> the pro- the tan. Jesse, right now is on point. 
I think I can sweep her right off her feet. And stop, please stop telling people you're going on tan ops when you're going to lay in the sun. Please stop saying that to people. Okay. It's important, Jesse. Biden's CIA pick, William Burns, leads a think tank with close ties to China. This is not, BK, this is not going the right direction in regards to our number one geopolitical foe. No, it is kind of strange that all of his picks seem to have these uh, uh, weird, uh, weird links to China. And, you know, it, it, it just goes, he doesn't care. He's just, at this point, I think, honestly, he's just signing whatever paper they push in front of him. You know, he's, they've got, the, now you've got also, let's not, let's not forget about the VA. His VA appointment was never even in the military. Only the second Veterans Affairs Secretary ever to not be a veteran himself. And, uh, you know, these are, these are all just payback to his cronies. And, uh, um, and, and, you know, the fact that the Republicans voted to confirm that guy 87 to like eight or something like that in the Senate. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no pushback, Jesse. It's, they're all, they're all just beaten down right now. Disappointing. Go listen to his podcast, host of world news with BK. BK. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jesse. Is it? It's weird, right? The China thing is weird. All right, we're going to address that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tell you a little Jeff Flake story. Hang on. to the Jesse Kelly show. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. criminalize speech and uh, somehow impeach everybody who says, oh, go fight to hear your voices heard. I mean, really, we ought to impeach Chuck Schumer then. He went to the Supreme Court, stood in front of the Supreme Court and said specifically, hey, Gorsuch, hey, Kavanaugh, you've unleashed a whirlwind and you're going to pay the price. You won't know what hits you if you continue with these awful decisions. This inflammatory wording, this violent rhetoric of Chuck Schumer was so bad that the Chief Justice, who rarely says anything publicly, immediately said this kind of language is dangerous as a mob tried to invade the Supreme Court. So if people want to call, hold President Trump accountable for language, 
There has to be a consistent standard. And to my mind, it's a partisan farce because they're not doing anything to Chuck Schumer, not doing anything to Representative Omar, not doing anything to Maxine Waters. It's just not fair. It's just partisan politics under a different name. Man, I'm glad we have Rand Paul. I'm glad we have Rand Paul. You know what? We're going to get Rand Paul on the show, too. We will. Don't worry. I got I got it handled, Chris. You doubted me last time. Everybody remembers what happened last week. Oh, don't try to run from it, Chris. Everybody was here last week, and they heard what happened. We were finishing out a segment with the guest. The guest used a quote from Ann Coulter. And as we're leaving the segment, getting ready to take a break, I tell Chris, we're going to get Ann Coulter on the show. And Chris, he can deny it now all he wants, looks me right in the face and says, no, we're not. No, we're not. I said, okay. By the time we got back from break, Ann Coulter was already scheduled. She'll be on the show this Friday. And the first thing I'm going to do, the first thing I'm going to do is tell Ann Coulter to rub it right in Jewish producer Chris's stupid face. That's what I want. That's all I want. You know what? I may have her just do that and then hang up the phone. That may be all I want from Ann Coulter. Just I'll tell her ahead of time, I want you to come on. I want you to trash Chris, and then you can go. It's fine. Or say whatever. It's fine. No big deal. Biden's CIA pick William Burns leads a think tank with close ties to China. He's a nominee for CIA director, the president of a prominent think tank that has received as much as $2 million in recent years from a Chinese businessman in a think tank with links to the Chinese Communist Party. As part of the Carnegie Endowment, it's actually Carnegie, the Carnegie Endowment for, don't argue with me, Chris, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace's work with China, Burns invited a group of congressional staffers on a junket to China in 2019, where they met with a professor who works for the Chinese Communist Party's Central Committee. They also met with the president of a prominent Chinese front group, Zhang Yixin, a Carnegie board member and prominent donor is a member of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, which advises the Chinese Communist Party on policy issues. Why is it that every part of Biden's administration has some tie back to China? And when you consider China wants our own destruction, this is like a big deal. Right. This is a really, really big deal that our number one geopolitical foe. It. It's here. It's all over here. And remember, I forget the name of the guest, so I'll just credit myself for it. We had a guest on one time who was talking about China and we were actually talking about the Eric Swalwell thing. You know how Eric Swalwell and. He's on the House Intelligence Committee and gets busted with some Chinese takeout. And, and the guy was talking about how China, when they talk about bribing and getting to Americans, they think we're cheap and easy. We sell out for nothing. Pretty girl, little bag of cash, and you got us. Do not forget, the entire show is available on podcast after it's over. It's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, it's on iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, 
talking about how handsome I am. We read the good ones on the air. And don't forget, we opened up the show talking about the greatest endurance survival story ever. And then we talked about hazing in the Marine Corps. We're going to get in trouble for that. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a d- what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? Right, I did. Gosh, that is just so beautiful from a few good men. <laughs> Hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Remember, you can leave us a voicemail, 877-377-4373, or call in live. You can email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget to send in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions throughout the week your love, your hate, your death threats, so on and so forth. I like to sometimes, sometimes I sit back after a show, Chris, and I think about, man, this part of the show was extra good. Extra good. And you know what really stuck out from today's show that was special? Me. That's the part, Chris. What? 
That was outstanding today. That Shackleton story, I'm going to tell it again tomorrow, but that would probably be repetitive. It gets me all kinds of fired up. I have to admit, I, at one point, and make sure you go look at those pictures of Shackleton and the Endurance Expedition. It ju- it'll make you cold just looking at them. You'll want a cup of hot chocolate and a blankie. All right. Keep your chin up. We're going to have more fun tomorrow. I promise. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 